exactly just i mean i can, I can just repeat exactly what you said there but um in the current age of just having everything digitized in this weird ambiguous world there's it's just pure abstraction you're only dealing with abstraction and especially if it's for months on end with no ability to leave the house yes. like the, you you literally lose the tangibility of reality like the yes. only time you're, you confront it is what when you make dinner you eat you shit you sleep you shower and that was and that's it and everything else is just an abstract postmodern not like nonsensical idea that you're you can't even juggle you know yeah no it's um i, I think i think in the future uh for me uh, as well as pushing people away from psychology and shoving them roughly towards philosophy we are going to have to just get into more physical stuff because it's just such a faster solution like i could not overcome my mental health issues without going to the gym i'm in the gym a lot I depend on it hugely. I just had a bachata class now. I mean, if you want to talk about, Potent said to me um, a phrase. He said, there are people who can't chase even a crumb of serotonin. And I was like, oh, that's an interesting metaphor, a crumb of serotonin. Okay. If you feel like you're a person who can't chase a crumb of serotonin, there's no way that you won't find your crumbs of serotonin if you try to dance. If you just move your body in rhythm to music because it's so intrinsically silly and satisfying at the same time you will feel happier and we should be we should be exploring these roots more i think yeah and the the primitive archaic essences of our beings type of a thing right yeah because i mean the thing is like the you know your, your mind has a, w a weird way of tricking you right yeah. i mean this is the essence of buddhism it's like let's you it, it tricks you to think the more you think about this problem you'll yeah. finally find the solution so just go deeper and deeper yeah. and deeper and maybe you'll figure it out and yeah. in actuality it just it, it literally drives you to psychosis like it drives yeah. you fucking insane and that's how you and me felt the yeah. last three or four months and there's something about just being outside synchronizing with the external rhythms of the outside world nature real life intrinsically is satiating for your body and your mind it just you can't deny it and you have yeah. to be out though for most of the day i think too yeah there's this there's a there's a time there's a time amount and it needs to be the majority we're only awake for 16 hours yeah i think if you successfully get out the house for 11 or 12 hours of a day you're going to feel differently if you're yeah. in for more than 12 hours i mean a lot of people are inside the house for like 14 whilst they're awake so they actually only leave the house for like an hour or two a day. Your mental health is not going to thrive like that. It just can't. You get small world syndrome. You sure. get smaller and smaller and more and more stuck and smaller things set you off. You become really emotionally dysregulated and sensitive, I think. Yeah, of course. I, I mean, putting myself as my own lab rat, you know, in my own cage, I can definitely it just it's given me a lot to think about considering that yesterday was the first day I went out streaming outside again and just almost instantaneously everything was better again yeah. and it went back to the emotions and feelings that I had last summer which were also really positive and like yeah. th this is within the context of literally the week before two weeks before three weeks four months before I tried every other route to figure out what the hell is going on up there What's my life purpose? This, this, how do I go about it? How much money you got? How do I get more money? How do I do this? This is what I really want. You know, it 
no matter how much I ruminated over it, it, it just made you made me worse. Yeah. yeah. There's a, there's only so much that we really know that we can really know. And we're not all knowing creatures. We're being creatures. We're creatures of doing and being. Knowing is a part of it. Knowing is important, but it's a tiny, relatively speaking, it's a tiny part of the puzzle. And um, yeah, there is that there. We, we really, you know, it, uh, I'm taking it on as a as a mission and as a vision to sort of push people out of that mindset. Like you individually have this thing that is called depression. So you individually have a responsibility to do a series of things that is difficult and awkward to do that might work. And you're like, hmm, okay, what, you know, how do we, is this science? Do we know for a, yeah. to a nicety that this is the way to do it? So I watched your stream because you finally made a video or some content explaining the difference between psychology and philosophy and the approach to these things. First of all, I want to say how the hell do you have terrible Wi-Fi everywhere you go? <laughs> because it was such a good video, but you were chopping like, what the, I'm like, I need to know what he's saying, you know? So anyways, now that there's 5G, you can also get Coroni from it, as well as have high-speed streaming access 24-7, which is my Good, good. So perfect. E even exchange. <laughs> so, but there was, there's one thing that you said in that video that, that basically like answered everything and simplified it all. And it was your example on, I think you brought up the example of you're with an abusive partner. What were those philosophical questions that you asked to lead somebody out of that? It was like one, it was one question. It was literally along the lines of, would you rather be with a handsome or a pretty person and suffer or let go of that pretty handsome person and you know, when I when I work, Pierre, I'm in flow. It's not even me. I just get out of the way and I let the good Lord. You remember speak that? At all? None of it. I no do. Problem. I do. I, I said I said something like, um, well, th th this is I'm reading Dostoevsky at the moment, um, partly to flex that I'm reading Dostoevsky, but partly because um, he's actually dead clever and you learn a lot. And this is one of his things. So do you want to live an ugly lie? Do you want to live a beautiful lie or the ugly truth? And it's one of the essential questions of life. And most of us are choosing the wrong one. Um, and the example given between the two different types of partner also applies. Do you want to be with somebody who's beautiful and abusive? Or do you want something that is real, but that has less of the simulation of that which you're trying to signal to other people? Um, and these, these are really, really key questions. And you get further faster asking philosophical questions than psychological right. questions. that was right. it was conjecture because i've never done it because in my therapy we did psychology questions like how does yeah. it make you feel where right. do you think this is coming from what was your relationship like with your mom and and really i was like damn why didn't you just teach me how to think clearly and to right. set boundaries and go no i want to be loved and i want to feel safe whilst I'm opening up and, and like, that would have been way, way, way superior. But what I just said, you can't really say that in psychology. Some counselors and psychologists do, but they're considered mavericks. Like it's a, it's a wild, you're like the Robin Williams in the Matt Damon movie. You're, you're Robin yeah. Williams in Goodwill Hunting if you talk like that. My, my literal therapist right now uses that approach and he reminds me a lot of Robin Williams right. in that movie. Like, so I'm, I'm glad I found that guy, but 
But yeah. th I think there's there's something really important here because the distinction between approaching things psychologically and philosophically is pretty different, but it's pretty complex to describe the difference. So when I heard that example of like, okay, so for example, you approach it psychologically, Freud goes, well, how was your relationship with your mother? Do you want to flip your mother every day? Maybe that's why your partner looks and sounds like and smells like your mother. How do I know what your mother sounds like? She was here last night, you know? So it's like, <laughs> <laughs> so it goes through uh, diagnoses, right? So you have academic literature to describe and to contain you into your ADHD, depression, dyslexia, who the fuck, the blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But it doesn't provide agency from that diagnosis. It just gives you a thing. Yeah. And then you just have to like, like talk it out with from like, you know, so that yeah. and then so let me just finish real quick. So yeah. you have philosophy in the way that you ask a question that weighs out the answers logically. And yeah. that doesn't include the psychological standpoints of where your mother came from and whoever the yeah. fuck. It just lays it out there objectively. And then you decide where to go from there, which already gives you way more agency and immediacy to your change so yeah that's it it does the reason why i was trying to jump in is because i'm a little bit discombobulated right now and, and i don't i don't want to lose the slippery fish of a thought that was a good thought um which was everything that that you're you you went into like the boxes uh, your adhd your bpd your infj your you know your capricorn all of these signifiers they they add to a sense of self and they're symbolic Anything that you can write on an Instagram profile is fucking bullshit. It's fucking bullshit. <laughs> if you can write on an Instagram profile, we 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 don't we don't fuck with that shit. We don't we just don't do it because the authentic can never be named like that. So so what did I give you? And and so imagine you know you you do with your therapist, and he gives you like just the the philosophical ability to approach life as an integrated, individuated human being. And somebody comes up to you and goes, what did he give you? And you can't say. Like, That's, you literally can't say. No, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like, some people ask me, like, what I've learned from it and on my streams and stuff. And I'm like, first of all, that's personal. I don't even give, give a fuck. I can tell you anyways. But, <laughs> but, I, but the problem is, I literally cannot pinpoint one yeah. thing yeah. that he asked me in that whole yeah. session. But it was really deep and made me really reflect on who I am or what I'm going through in, in a very concrete and abstract manner, you know? Yeah. It's pre-verbal. It's pre-verbal, which is a good sign. It's a good sign because the unconscious is not verbal. And if the, if the changes are not made unconsciously, they're cosmetic changes. They're not even changes usually. Like people tell me, like I, I was at pains to say in the stream, I'm not popping off. I have tons of therapists and counselors following me. I'm not popping off, like, because most of the people who follow me are open to this anyway. Why else would they be following me? But how can you give somebody something of any meaning if it doesn't change the unconscious and the unconscious is always pre-verbal? So a sign of good therapy would be for me to say to you, how do you feel? I feel better. What did he give you? Right. You want to, be able to say he gave me my ADHD INFJ, CPD, you know, the mumble rap fucking diagnosis. Yeah. <laughs> and, yes. and then they, that, that's content and it adds to your sense of self. And then the other person can go, ah, content. I now can place and label 
Pierre more, more clearly. And both parties are satiated. When you say he gave me something that I can't describe or I don't know how to tell you, there's no content there. And so in our world, our bullshit world, it has no value. It has no meaning. You can't flex it because it's right. inflexible. <laughs> the yes. Tao that is the true Tao can never be spoken. Yes, yes. And I think the psychological approach that you're pointing towards is the approach where you go, can you tell me exactly what happened with your dad when you were seven? And, you know, it's like, oh, well, it seems like you have this particular disorder here. Have you ever thought about getting a prescription or like just like it's like it's too it's too concrete and and that goes to say that i i still think there's still value in determining where these behaviors come from like it's still yeah. good to contextualize your mom your dad did something your siblings whoever the hell when this at this age like it's still good to know but i don't think only relying in that realm is enough to change or to uh analyze or see through or see past through what you're going through well here's something slightly controversial statement but we're here now so fuck it there's a certain type of intelligence there's a certain iq level you need to hit and then it's a certain type of intelligence i don't know the proper name for it but i would call it uh contextualizing intelligence which means you can take a concept and you are bright enough and you just have the ability to go this goes there and that's it I'm not gonna take it literally. I'm not gonna take it like a machine. I'm gonna apply social intelligence to know contextually where this fits. Many people are not bright enough and they don't have that type of intelligence. So when you say to them, when standard therapy is past looking and it investigates trauma, people walk away not with the truth of what that therapy is, but with a, a, a flavor of it. They're like, you look into the past and then you feel pain. And I, I get these questions all the time. People come to me and they go, I can't heal because I can't access the memories and I don't want to go through pain. And I'm like, I never said you need to access the memories. I didn't say that. And I didn't say you had to access pain, but they're not getting it from, they're not, it's not like they're pulling it out their ass. They see it in films, they see it in movies and some therapeutic styles are like that. So we learn to associate clear vision of past trauma me crying on the couch yeah. the therapist ah, it's not like he fucking beat me there yeah. i i think in my whole experience of doing uh childhood abuse coaching work with people i don't know how many hours i've done let's say it's a thousand hours i think i've spent less than 20 minutes in that space with a client because it, i i just I don't see I don't I don't see that that's I think it's some sort of weird it's Catholic or at least Christian in the well it's Abrahamic actually because the Shias Shia Muslims who do this as well there's something cleansing in the pain and I'm like that, that's that's what it is man it's it's I think what it is is uh, who knows what the roots are it's probably religious I mean everything was fucking religious it's, like anything it's human, that, right yeah anything that dealt with something spiritual or mental based past what like 1900 was all religious at that point you know what i mean yeah. so i think whether whether where it comes from or not what happens is like because it's tangible reliving these memories and people the tear the physical yeah. tear drop yeah. into the nose you know like yeah, that's yeah. that's that's concrete like you get what you paid for at therapy You're and right. of course and of course when it's over 
you'll feel better. <laughs> you know? So dude, like there's a there's a there's a East Asian practice called coining. I don't know if you know about coining. You know about coining? Really? Didn't you date a Chinese girl, man? Okay. So coining, when, when somebody's sick, physically sick with like a fever. Yeah. In what in the Western world, this would be known as abuse. Right. But uh, in Eastern cultures, uh, I grew up with this too. Yeah. They literally will take a coin yeah. and and scratch the fuck out of your back. Right. Like, like just, just make it red and raw. Like if you look up coining right now, you'll see people with like heavy bruising and like heavy scratches in the back. And that happened to me. And like the belief was that it, it, it rubs the bad wind away. Like the sickness gets, gets scratched out of you like a spirit yes. or something. Yeah, yeah. And everybody feels better afterwards right. because it's over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're like, I definitely do feel better than when I was in agony. Well then, well then, you know, come hoc ergo proctor hoc, the, the fallacy, the fallacy of false causation. That's the cure then. <laughs> exactly. I've, never se- I've never seen coining, but I did see uh, some weird practices like binding banana skins and eggs and, yeah okay yeah, yeah there, there's cupping too with the suction cups on your back maybe mm-hmm. there's a bit more uh legitimacy to that i don't know but in my opinion it's just because it fucking hurts for an hour of course you'll feel better afterwards you know yeah 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 I, and, and maybe maybe that's um maybe that's like a, a logical fallacy that we're all prone to as human beings because other areas of life are like that maybe like yeah. when you when you have a you're poisoned with food and you need to do a really difficult shit and it's extremely <laughs> painful and unpleasant and just generally awful but then when it's over you feel like really light and happy or if you need sure. to vomit or whatever it is like you just sure. feel pain pain becomes relief eventually yes. through yeah. purging right. or something <laughs> and not to say that that has no meaning for sure like there, there's still like an intrinsic meaning to uh to be able to celebrate life a bit better when you know what real pain is so there's yeah. still something there you know yeah. yeah but uh i mean like you see it in ayahuasca ceremonies too you know people throwing up shit in themselves and they see mother nature giving them a hug afterwards you know <laughs> I, I may not have emphasized enough when we've spoken about this before but i was thinking about it just yesterday and i thought of you have I made clear how much respect I have for the people who go to that, even though a lot of them are bellends, for how much pain they can take? Yeah. Like, they are pure first world self-indulgent narcissists, but God damn, you, you go back to that 15, 16 times. I got to respect you on an endurance level just for the nicotine part of the ritual, never mind the fucking throwing up and pooping and crying bit. Well, you know, you know, first world Westerners, man, just live such a placated life. You got to figure out something, right? Well, but this this is what Patrice O'Neill said about um, the song Creep uh, yeah. by Radiohead. Yeah, right, and right. he was laughing at it. And he was like, you, lo- you love to feel bad. You love yeah. to feel bad. And some people actually, maybe they don't even know, they've actually developed like real endurance for it. For me, I was like, this sucks. I'm never doing this. Again. You know, um, I mean, I guess we can talk about drugs, but <laughs> my, my experience with drugs, I've done a few in my past for sure, but I never was hooked. 
because the pain and the come downs are naturally that come afterwards are bad. And yeah. I don't like that feeling. Like I, yeah. it's, it's bad enough for me to just stay away from them. But a yeah. lot of people stay in it because it's, it's part of the whole uh, cycle that makes them feel satiated somewhere, you know? Right. Right. So yeah, man. Yeah. No, there's, there's definitely, um, well, you know, now that you mention it, even people who smoke weed a lot, you, they develop like um, a, a, a toughness. I mean, they just sat on the couch playing video games and eating cookies, but the ability to do like a really heavy bong rip or something like yeah. my, my friends at university they were all big into weed we, we we lived there was 15 of us and five of them were weed dealers so there was weed everywhere all the time and i hated it but they could do things that if i tried i'd be like that that is just painful and now i feel sick <laughs> I don't know you guys are doing yeah. this shit yeah, that got me thinking because I grew up in Southern California, so that was everybody just challenging each other for the fattest bong rip. Like, good right. job, dude! You you bruised your lung, but yeah, <laughs> but like yeah. I, I it, it, there's always some weird like competitive pain aspect in even the smallest subcultures of humanity. Right. There's always right. an element of I did lifted the heaviest, I took yeah. the most. Yeah bong hits whatever drank them most here i you know even even in in realms of like like uh wearing fucking high heels yeah. you know and like do, yeah. doing the, everything like, there's like there's always an element of proving how much you can endure in pain some like there's mm. always going to be somewhere you know well yeah which is yeah that's that's a whole other thing isn't it is like knowing what people have gotten used to over time. You ever had you ever had anything waxed? Did you ever do hair removal through having it pulled out through waxing? Dude, I am smooth as a dolphin. I have no hair to pull out that way. Oh, you lucky fucker. And um, <laughs> I, my Irish DNA starts here. Damn, boy. <laughs> well, pe 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 people on Tentacle Question would have, would have seen my legs. I am like a fucking fawn. Yes. And uh, I have a couple of times let girlfriends like wax a strip off my leg and i'm like how do you do your whole everything right. all the time it's fucking at but you just you keep doing it you keep doing it and you just i just guess you you get you get used to anything but there is i think with humanity maybe there's a temptation to get addicted to that like we've been saying like there's a there's a it starts you endure it it ends and you feel like you've come through something and maybe right maybe we're stuck on that therapeutic i i just like i i'm i'm an i'm an asshole i would tell people like you have to suffer if they had to suffer the only thing that i say to people is you do have to get in touch with your emotions but you don't have to relive painful experiences i i don't i've never seen it i've never been convinced that that's it and cry yeah. and have snot come out and stuff i'm, I'm not convinced yeah yeah so the, the I, it's very contextual like like everything right so and and in my opinion perhaps it's good maybe once ever to kind of reflect on what happened to acknowledge it and then you know let it go but i mean other than that you know you can't just circle around that specific thing reliving the same damn thing it's kind of like well, what would that be equivalent to like um uh if you just tried the same exercises on whatever it'd be working out or and or some drills that doesn't help you improve in any way you know, well, in, in, uh, when life coaches get together and they want to take the piss out of therapists, they have tons of metaphors for this kind of thing and they go way too far with it. But one of the ones I've heard a lot is 
this is life coaches talking about mainstream therapy. It would be like going to a doctor with a sore ankle. Neither you or the doctor doing anything about it, but every Wednesday at four o'clock in the afternoon, you go in and you say, I hurt my ankle. And the doctor says, how'd you hurt it? And you tell him how you hurt it. And then you both sit there for an hour talking about how much it hurts. And then at the end you go, thank you very much, doctor, and you leave. <laughs> and that's yes. it. That, no, that's a great way to, that's actually a, an amazing way to put it. Uh, that's what I did with my therapist yeah. in California, but I was yeah. knowingly doing it. You yeah. know, like I, I just, I really just want to space the vent everything yes. you know yes. I, I wasn't really looking for some crazy you know hero's journey type shit you know i just i was already on it and i just needed a space to just blah, 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 you know yeah 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 well i mean what one of the things that's been on my mind in in, in relation to that is like um part of the problem is in times gone by we had something in us we already had like a sense of purpose, a sense of duty, a sense of mission, a sense of our place in the world. We've lost everything that's like that. We yeah, lost yeah, our yeah. roles. We lost yeah, our position. Yeah, yeah, we lost yeah. everything. And so therapy today is not even like Freud's therapy. I mean, when people actually unpick Freud and Jung and Adler, these are extremely conservative men. I think I've said this here before, like people think Jung is the hippy dippy option in the same way they think Buddhism is all just peace and love. And I'm like, you just haven't read him. Yeah. The guy was by today's standards, he was not, um, he had some very non-progressive views, shall we yeah. say, um, especially when it came to sexuality, because they already were doing therapy from within, it's always context-based from within a certain ideology. We have nothing. And so I'm like, I have to, you have to put something in you. You, you can't have nothing and then think you're going to get better. Better as what? As a consumer? Better as a node? Better as a cog in the machine? Of course you're not going to feel any better because you, you, we gotta, you don't even know how to human. None of us really know how to human. We have to figure it out again. Okay, so, so here's, here's a black hole of thought. This is good. Yes, because all of our roles, traditional roles, our identities, our place in the world, what aging even means, what ethnicity means, what gender means, what all of this has completely dismantled com entirely. Because even in a way where you can pick and choose what your roles are and change the next day, you can choose what philo philosophy you want to view the world at that moment in time and switch it on the next day, depending on which YouTube video you see. Yeah, you know, so the access to the abundance of what you call maybe perhaps information yeah. allows us to constantly chameleon. Yeah. And because the moment you land in a role, all you all it takes is the next four videos and maybe a TikTok to kind of like, oh, maybe that's not too bad, too. And yeah. in, in a more superficial way, it kind of actually represents itself in Gen Z fashion. Gen Z right. fashion just is like, I'm goth. I'm goth one day. I'm a cheerleader the next. You know, I'm a bimbo now, but now I'm fucking heavy metal. And they just switch. They, they just pick and choose which attire. Are these kid, do these kids not get bullied for that? We would slaughter people for doing that when I was a kid. To, to outfit change like that? Yeah, if you showed up once that day and said, I'm metal now, the metalheads would be like, no, you fucking not. No, you aren't. <laughs> but that, that with, with Gen Z, that's not, that doesn't seem to be as much of a barrier. Like, uh, you can be anything, right? 
Gen Z is the most tolerating bullies. So, dude, I actually tolerant, thought, tolerant bullies. Ooh, you know shit. what's funny? I actually I thought about this. It's gonna go into some territory that's a little shaky, but don't worry, don't worry, it's okay. Um, what's, me personally, I don't give a fuck. You yeah, can yeah. say what but you want. <laughs> what's What's really funny is that I I'll see in Gen Z youth world, whether it's on YouTube or TikTok, that if there is a trans person that's going through, that did something fucked up, whatever, or they're a bad person, all of the comments will bully the fuck out of this person. Right. But the line is misgendering. Like, they'll, they'll literally go like, what a piece of fucking shit. They're terrible. Like, that's fucking awful. There's no accountability. How, what a fucking piece of shit. So you can be like, he is. Right. You know? <laughs> so... So and that's the line, and I li I've literally read comments that went, you know, you know, unacceptable behavior is unacceptable and toxic, but it doesn't give you an excuse to misgender right. someone. Yeah, he's you a know? piece of shit, and he deserves to yeah. die. Yes, he yeah. is a piece of shit, and he could you not dead name him though, please? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, could you not dead name her though, please? I, I read the most like incisive comments just attacking the person's <laughs> core but the line is the pronoun you know what i mean yeah fuck their safety their life <laughs> their parents fuck all that just don't touch those fucking pronouns yeah they'll they'll like they'll dox the person release their addresses phone yeah. number of their family yeah. and friends call them a piece of yeah. fucking dirt and but like yeah. he or she only or they and yeah. then that's that's like oh you're a terrible person now you know so just be, just because you raised that, just rewinding back a couple of minutes ago, I just wanted to add something to what you said. You said that you, the the one can change roles every day now. Like there you it's go. not a problem to change roles every day. But it's beyond just roles because now we're changing reality every day. What we're saying is, no, the role is the reality. So if I say I'm this, I damn well am. Why? Because I said it. And you go, oh, oh, this is like taking um, kids dress up to the next level. Yeah. Like before you were pretending to be Napoleon Bonaparte. Yeah. Now you're saying you are Napoleon Bonaparte. Yeah. And you better respect that. Otherwise, it's going to be consequences. Right. But I, I mean, okay. So if you look at it, perhaps that is a depiction of how serious this collective identity crisis is. Why are people so adamant of claiming that they are a blankety blanket a blank a blank a blank they, that they are, are a role that they are yes. they confuse the isness with the role of it yes like if you think about it you go to a fucking village in the 1600s it's like they don't scream i'm a blacksmith hey everybody i'm a blacksmith yeah. i am a blacksmith yeah just make your fucking sword you know what i mean yeah, like yeah 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 you know, those, how, those how could we not know that you're a blacksmith there would be no way you're there covered in soot with one massive forearm and setting rigs all over your hands. <laughs> yeah, it's just stinking of the flames. <laughs> right. You know, it's just an unspoken thing, and the roles were set in place. And it does sound yeah. like I'm advocating for some traditional fucking patriarchy that's abusive and violent, you know. But hmm. I think it contextualizes the fact that why are people so aggressively violent by claiming an identity with a, a label that they can put in their Instagram bios and they will hold on to that for dear life now when before you wouldn't people were just what they were you know you mm -hmm. didn't have to 
fucking hit somebody in the head and make them believe that whatever you are is what you are. Yeah, I mean, you, you said it, like, the, the identity crisis is real and it's very, very serious. It's, we, we should all be taking it very, very seriously because it's bleeding, it's bleeding into everything. And if, if, nothing, if nothing is anything, then everything is anything. And therefore nothing is nothing and everything is nothing. I mean, we're, we're flattening the landscape to a point where, I, I may have mentioned this on the last one, you know, I, re I regularly see memes where people are talking about language always changes and it can be whatever you want it to be. And I'm like, yeah, it changes. But if you adopt the position that language is whatever I say it is, then every single individual would have to walk around with an individual lexicon. And for you to speak to them, you'd have to read the fucking thing and learn it. And you have the equal right to force them to learn your lexicon. How would we speak? You'd be like, I want a glass of water, but I'm going to use this language, and you have to adhere to it. It's not reasonable, really. Sorry. And those, those children agree with me. And, and the fucking sirens came out at the same time. Like, thanks, guys. Anyways, so what's funny, the ironic part about this is that language the inherent development of language is purposely there so somebody outside of yourself yeah. can exchange the same message exactly it's literally developed with the intention of yeah. solidified rules yeah. so you can get a message across there's an inherent contract for yeah. the people of whoever yeah. that language is that they yeah. agree on because that's how you get messages across. But we threw that fucking out the window too. Yeah, we don't like that because uh, what, what was the specific thing I said was like uh, a dictionary isn't a rule book. It's a collection of what used to be or something like that. And I'm just like, use, this is all kids who say this stuff. I'm like, use your fucking big brain. If we all follow that rule long enough, it's the Tower of Babel from, from the Bible all over again. Like, no, we will not understand each other. We're, we're already getting there. Because obviously slang exists, and obviously language is fluid, and patois exists, and nobody's trying to take that away. I mean, my God, English is the most spoken language in the world. English is a peasant language. It's, it's for the peasantry. No nobility spoke English because it was for soldiers and fishermen and farmers, because it's, um, it's patois. That's why yeah. there's so many different rules. And then it became a mainstream language. That's not the same thing as saying, I'm going to wake up tomorrow and invent a new word, and all of you are going to adhere to that new word, and that's final. No, that's not right. mass consensus. That's you being a little twerp and a narcissist. And we, the rest of us should all just say, no, we're not doing that. Right. So the difference is here. Slang obviously exists. I've developed my own fucking lexicon in my own personal bubble of digital, the digital world, and, you know, but it's within the context of who's already there. You know, I'm not going around on the streets, going to a cafe. It's like, you want to flip, you know, you want to know what flip means, you know, like, and then, and then for me to get mad at that waitress or waiter, that they don't understand when I say flip, yeah. that's different than if I were to just be in my own bubble of people that I already hang out with and I just flip this and flip that. And everybody's yeah. kind of like, it's a good time and there's consensus there within their own little bubble. But yeah. when you go out to the, to the general public and then yeah. you demand everybody to use your slang and then 
want to destroy whoever doesn't use it yeah that's probably a problem that's that's pure textbook narcissism that's trying to that that's you haven't like a four-year-old you haven't yet distinguished that there's a boundary between your world solipsistically and the external world and when the external world doesn't adhere you tantrum as though you were four my nephew calls skateboard. He has he has his own lexicon. God knows where he got it from. He calls skateboards Dabu. Dabu doesn't sound anything like skateboard, but everybody knows him. When he says Dabu, he wants his skateboard, and all kids do this. No twenty-one-year-old should be asking for a Dabu and getting upset at the skateboard shop. And the owner is like, "Dude, I don't. I'll give you what you want. I'm a reasonable person. I'm willing to do trade with you as an adult, but I don't understand you. That get him cancelled." Shut that skateboard down. Uh, that skateboard shot down. That's prejudice. You refuse to speak my baby language back to me. <laughs> right, and it's like, hey, if you're cool enough, people will just use your lexicon, baby. You don't gotta force them to. <laughs> you know what listen, I mean? Listen, that's a that's a serious point. Cool, cool is a serious business. I was in that studio the other day answering the questions, as you know, and uh, cool came up. So I started breaking down because it was it was a mother trying to trying to be like, how do I talk to my adolescent daughter and get her on side? And I was like, when you're talking to adolescents, you must understand coolness. It's not, it's not a it's not a petty issue. Coolness is um, probably most easily translated as like hierarchy significance. Like if you're cool, you have significance on the dominance hierarchy like that. It's magic. And it's real power. It's not. Um, it's not like adults should never lose their sense of cool. None of us should ever lose our. We should never fully take our hands off what is cool. We should all. We should always respect that. We should always respect what is cool because it has meaning and it has it has real meaning. And you're absolutely right. If you're the person in the room who is cool and you say skateboard is dabu, then everybody else who wants to be cool, skateboard is dabu end or, right. or or having sex is flipping or yeah. whatever you become uh you become the namer like that's a ship that's a shamanic ability you're a namer now oh, some of these people yeah. some of these people are trying to become namers just by whinging about it well you didn't win our respect you're not cool you're a fucking crybaby shut up there's yes there there is something there right like imagine if, if just some random peasant or I mean, what's the modern day equivalent, you know, and they just walk into a shamanic ritual and then they just like, all right, so this is how it works. Then be like, get off the fucking stage. You know, yeah. it's like a new comedian trying to headline some yeah. some fucking thing and then getting yeah. mad that people won't laugh. That's what it is. It's yeah, a new 100%. comedian going to Madison Square Garden and then getting furious at how the crowd won't laugh at them. Which which some stand up comics do. Bad stand-up comics do that. They get really irritated that the crowd doesn't laugh. And you're like, it. that's your job. Like, if you don't... There's all different kinds of ways of being cool. Um, I, I'll do a video on this. I, I can't... It's Robert... Ant, I heard it from Robert Anton Wilson, and he got it from whoever said, turn on, tune in, drop out. The guy who got locked up for the acid. To, uh, Tim Leary. And they talk about different quadrants of strength. So there's like friendly strength and then there's aggressive strength and there's aggressive weakness and friendly weakness. And this is a kind of aggressive weakness that we're seeing. Mm. It's unfriendly weakness that wants to be strong. 
you you can't like if you're not hot and people don't find you attractive you can't be like you better find me attractive or else i'll accuse you of like i don't know racism or some whatever the modern day however you daub the front door of a witch in the modern day that's insane if people don't find you funny you can't be like oh you don't find me funny because you know wh whatever identity you know you can't like you can't do that yeah but we're telling people we collectively as a society are saying to people yeah you can you can demand that people laugh at your stupid jokes because of your flesh suit or because of your sexual preferences or your sexual proclivities that is the beginning of the end that really is the beginning of the end of a culture because it's not it's no longer a meritocracy if we're not doing a meritocracy what are we doing i just had like a domestic nightmare vision right now and i'm sure it's happening right now it's basically like imagine going to a comedy club and people laugh or don't laugh based on the person's gender race and orientation do you want me to send you some videos of people doing that for fuck's sake god fucking poop. if you're if you're in the right quadrant and you come out on stage and you lay out some mid-90s bill hicks style stuff that's rehashed three times for 20 i mean look at look at well i'm not gonna name names here but fucking stand-up comedy is a mess right now it's a mess if you're wearing the right flesh suit you can say some of the you can literally steal people's jokes amy schumer stole patrice o'neill's act and uh some other people's acts but she took a ton from patrice o'neill after he died by the way which is fucking she's a grave robber and everybody's like oh yay yay she did his amazing material badly and became a millionaire from it and everybody's just clapping like sales going oh that's wonderful and i'm like well you you hated patrice when he did it you fucking hated it when a six foot six massive yeah. black man was saying it. right <laughs> but now that amy yeah. schumer's saying exactly the same jokes they're fucking wonderful i'm like you guys are fucking hypocrites man yeah, <laughs> this is and, fucking hypocrisy and like depending on the race too like what for example if like since since white people are evil or whatever like the the white comedians have to be what is it called self-flagellating self self fucking self-deprecating because yeah. if they're too aggressive in their confidence, then it's not funny for the crowd because they're oppressing or whatever the fuck too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. So I mean, like, I, I just man, like, this is this is literally why the the main channel videos that I'm doing now, I really try to blur out my face. Like the ring light is behind me, right? Because right? because I just like fuck, like I'm you. I've been utilizing the flesh suit to my advantage, but yeah. how far can you go down this route before? Yeah we just go down the territory of message and messenger just inseparable and that's oh, yeah. that's gonna that's we're already too late almost like we're, Jesus. we're, we're already there we, we already we, we already we we definitely already passed that rubicon um and I, but i think you know as, as we've as we've said here before it can correct and it will correct because i'm not in contact with anybody who likes that nobody and i'm in contact with all the peoples all the backgrounds all class all education levels i know zero people who like that zero you're in a different position because your your target market 
like is is those kids who win that stuff. They think they're going to save the world. God bless them. I feel sorry for them, man. They think they're going to save the world. That's that one thing that, like, I guess is my last thread of empathy. They have yeah. good intentions, but yeah. motherfucker, I'm running out of it. Like, I don't care. I don't care about your good intentions anymore. Have bad intentions. Be honest with it. Like, Jesus, you know? So... Yeah, and yeah. They, I mean, it's it's it's. Uh, there's that line from uh, it's from the Crucible by Arthur Miller, and it was actually it was actually a criticism of of the McCarthy era witch hunts against communists. And uh, I I played John Proctor. I used to want to be an actor. He's the main he's the main farmer who gets called up. And uh, John Proctor at one point says uh, the little children are jangling the keys of the kingdom, and I forgot it. And then I just remembered it recently. We're letting kids decide because uh, uh, this is what happened in the Crucible. Is uh, for for people who don't know, is and it's based on real events. The kids were in power because every adult in the environment came up to them and said, "Did you did you see Goody Proctor suckle at the teats of Satan?" And they were children, and they were like, "What happens if I say yes? Will you be famous? Everybody's going to give you attention. Everybody's going to ask you." how many times you saw Goody Proctor suckle the teats of Satan and dance naked with him. And so there's this mass hysteria that took place and the kids took over. Like if a kid said, Pierre, um, you know, tugged at, at Satan's Nunu, then Pierre gets tortured until Pierre confesses and then gets hanged. <laughs> this is real history or based on real history. Yeah. The, I mean, that's, that's, that's one hell of a trap, you know, especially if you're dealing with youngins. Yeah, it's like, of course, if you're going to pressure this person to admit to something they never did, and then reward the people pressuring them, yeah, and what the fuck is that going to do? Of course, it's going to reward that, you know, and it's going to happen. There was, there was another, there was another situation which is which which adds another layer to this. It was very similar. There was a it it, it was written. Um, Aldous Huxley wrote about it. Uh, the Devils of Ludin, also based on a real case. There was a really sexy priest who had a, apparently had beautiful uh, facial, like facial hair, mustaches waxed, and he would go to the nunnery and he excited the nuns. He was like a French priest. He was like ha ha, hello ladies. They all got very excited, and they got caught jerking off. They got caught in like a sexual frenzy, and they were in a lot of trouble. So they said he made us do it with the devil. Mm. then and they thought it would pass away because it was it wasn't in paris it was like a local local church but he pissed somebody off the same sexy priest with the nice mustaches pissed somebody off at a higher level and they took him and they tortured him they broke his legs slowly with planks of wood and these women couldn't go back on it they couldn't that obviously they made it up and they knew that they'd made it up they were just sexually frustrated turned on and were caught beaten off uh, dry, they're like dry humping each other, and and it was described as like a sexual. They went into a sexual hysteria, basically, and they knew he was innocent. But if they said no, we made it up, they'd be on the rack next, and they would get burnt next. So there, I, yeah. I think this is there's another level of allegory here where where even people who know now that they've gone too far, they can't back out. They that's, can't back yes, out. Yes, yes, yes. So that's what I see now. Where I have seen. I guess a good amount of people kind of like turning away, but perhaps in silence. Yeah. Because 
you either have people turning away in silence or people yeah. that are just too far in to say that they're wrong. Yeah. Right. So because people in silence, it makes sense. Even I did it sort of. It's just humiliating, man. Like you yeah. have to admit that you've been lied to and you fell for it like a fucking sucker. You part were part of the fucking problem. Then you have to own up to that fucking problem. And then we both had to do that last year, didn't we, Pierre? <laughs> Bro, like for that real. Sucked. Yeah, it's not good, man. It's not good. But talk about sit down, bitch, be humble, man. You yeah, know? like that was a know, humbling think, experience. Yeah, thinking, thinking we're fucking the next new age Terrence McKenna's and Alan Watts of the yeah. world, and then yeah, just yeah. whipped in the fucking yeah. post. It's like, did you, did you research anything of, about the people you're talking about? Nope. But the name sounds great. Yes. So, so you're a fucking idiot then. Yes. Have yes, you a fucking idiot? Have you overestimated the capabilities of a mass hysteria? You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> like yes, overestimated quite a bit. And yeah, it's it's. It, I mean, I I'm sure both of us went through a crazy ego death there because it's yeah. like. You know, it was a tough process to reconcile with. Yeah, yeah. And I don't blame anybody who was a part of the thing and then yeah. had to, and now is silently kind of steering away and just kind of silently changing their mind and silently shifting their behaviors. Totally understand it, man. Otherwise, the other end is just holding on for dear fucking life because yeah. they're so far into it and they've gotten their teacher, their mom, their granddaddy's uncle canceled by now. So, yes. by if they fucking said, oops, my bad. They're going to yeah. get hit. Yes. Yes. And and interestingly enough, in that scenario, there was this awful, violent spectacle of an execution with the, I, I'm afraid I can't remember the name. Of, yeah. I can't remember the name of the French priest. If anybody can help me, who was the name of the sexy French priest? He was played. There's a great movie called The Devils, which everybody should watch, but it's kind of tough because it's a little bit graphic. It's played by Oliver Reed. Um, when they watched him die, and, or they knew of his torture and execution because people who hated him because he was arrogant, he was fucking around. He was he was abusing he abused his position of power. Even people who hated him came forward and said, "Please don't, please don't do this. He's not a sat He's an asshole. He's not a Satan worshiper. If you knew you put somebody who was innocent of that crime through torture." He never confessed, by the way. They, they slowly broke his legs. They pierced. It's, it's horrible what they did to him. And, and even by the church's standards, the church was like, dude, like, chill the fuck out. Just let him confess. No torture. We'll garrot him and burn him. The guy had it in for him. And so he, he told him he would garrot him, lied. And uh, they burned him to death. Because under those circumstances, if you're a priest, they'll kill you first and then you burn. They actually burned him to death alive. If you knew you'd done that, you would, in order to live, you would have to create the reality in which he was a Satan worshiper. Yeah. Otherwise, how are you going to live? Once no you've gone far enough and your crimes are big enough and your guilt is big enough, you must immerse yourself in the psychosis. Otherwise, I mean, could you imagine the guilt of knowing that, you'd, that you, that he'd never even touched you. You just wanted to... you. There's a woman you really want to fuck. You can't fuck her. You're frustrated. You're caught beaten off over it. You're not supposed to. You're accused of something. She's tortured and burned to death. I mean, yeah, those... Sure. I don't want like... Well, yeah, no, I'll say it. Those poor nuns. I mean, like, it's it, it poor everybody. It's a horrendous situation. But there is allegorical to now. 
not for us because we're older for, for these kids this is their world this is their reality and they've already sent people to the gulag they've already sent people to the what do you call it where you burn people you know the uh the stake. The, the stake they've already sent people to the stake right and now how do you back out it takes a tremendous humility and as you just said an ego death to go oh shit now nah, this is this ain't it this isn't justice we're supposed to be for justice this is this is not justice yes. this is not social justice there's there's a younger youtuber uh she's a black girl and she basically talks about her leaving this woke thing really really intelligent girl man and she's talking against like critical race theory and this this woke thing and and whatever else and one thing she said in it was it was kind of interesting and to a degree i actually agree she goes like hey and here's the thing with this woke stuff if you weren't really with it at the beginning i'm not gonna lie i'm a little suspicious about you <laughs> because because when this was all happening and you see the executions you see this racial tension it's all bubbling up if you didn't immediately somewhat work with it then there's yeah. something to be suspicious about because yeah, definitely. It's, kind of like, it's like hey wait like from the very beginning before you knew that it was a crazy cult you weren't for like racial justice you weren't for like like equality like there's something something there to maybe look at but you know in the end obviously we know what happened but it, it, she just I, don't know, I found it interesting just at the beginning she's like you know i mean if if I'm almost everybody was a part of it at the beginning because it's almost how do you how do you just take that away you know yeah and it was it was a good um it was like a good hip throw you know the setup was really good it was yeah. a fucking point scoring tayatoshi that yeah. was like here's what's happened here's what's happening here's what we're doing about it you for that or not they're fucking right i'm for that jesus christ yes what how do i make how do I make that thing that I just saw happen never ever happen again? What right. do I? Who, who do you? What do what? How? I'm, I'm sat at home, impotent. We're all impotent. Like we can't do anything. What do I do? So yeah, no. Um, I think it's perfectly valid, and I think raising that is also good martial arts because you need to give people leeway. You need to be able to say no. You you were this was a mistake, but there is like a. And no, maybe we should be able to say there's noble mistakes. You made a you made a mistake right. for for noble reasons, and you're right. Yes, if people weren't for it, you would sort of be like, oh, yeah. So, <laughs> so <laughs> you're telling me when you saw that and then looked at the statistics and history of the country, and you still don't buy into some of it? You were just like, no, it seems okay to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like someone coming in and, and punching in a judo match. You know. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, <laughs> so valid yeah. all looks valid to me all looks there's nothing 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 wrong in anything i just saw there yeah that's a good point that's a really really good and, point. And, and maybe what it is since we're talking about allegories and narratives perhaps this is part of the collective story of redemption as a whole because i mean right. a majority of us were swept up on this thing and a lot of us still are but we're hopefully starting to see the crazy hysterical dangerous violent aspects of it and it allows all of us to perhaps lead down a road of redemption to to kind of figure ourselves out well it would be it would be a terrible shame wouldn't it if in the pendulum swinging we went we we, we said something like all of your analyses were wrong 
and nothing you ever said had any merit because I don't believe that. I actually think the, the majority of the analyses of the problems I largely agree with. I'd change the wording slightly, but I largely agree with. The solutions they come up with, I agree with zero of them. Yeah. Like, yeah. not none. That doesn't mean, though, that there's nothing there. That doesn't, like, we shouldn't just have two options. We've got to get past this. Uh, right, right. Uh, epistemological dichotomania, as Gadsad calls it. We've got to we've got to grow past this team mentality, red or blue. It's, nothing is like that in life. Literally nothing. Nothing is like that in life. Why should the way we organise reality be like that when nothing else is like that? We've got to find better ways of getting this stuff done. We need to get football and sports back massively and people can send all of their dichotomania to, to the fucking hooliganism or something man <laughs> because i don't like how they're approaching the, the politics as if it was some fucking hockey match man so somebody somebody said in the um comments uh the the priest name was urban grandier mm -hmm. and then somebody else said uh he was he was also gay and a phallocratic pig um in the in the film he was portrayed. Don't know why they made this the choice that he'd had sex with what with um, a boy that he was teaching Latin to, um, but there was no historical evidence of that. And calling somebody in those times, I think you mean phallocentric. I just like, uh, yeah, sure. Like he did. He definitely. He definitely wasn't as progressive as somebody in twenty twenty one. What do you want to do? Burn him at the stake? And and maybe. I mean, this is obviously a big learning experience for all of us. Look at me, just with a bit of sun, a little bit more optimistic philosophy here. Yeah. But like looking at how the horrors of past generations, recent generations or long ago generations, there's always some sort of reoccurrence of what you would see in the crucible, these mass stonings, the uh, crucifixions, the whatever else. And maybe ours is just a lot more abstract and postmodern as it should be, which is this situation happening. It's all this weird symbolic digital version of all of those things playing out. And this is just our time to be directly in it. Yes, there, there is there is that element to it. I do also wonder if, um, there, there, so we're an hour in and there's something I wanted, uh, there's something else completely that I wanted to bring up and I'll, I'll shoehorn it in now. Um, there's an, I, I suspect there's an economic element to all this. Okay. So. Uh, to be a little bit cynical uh, and to counterbalance your sunny your sunny optimism, what I started wondering yesterday was how broken is the system now? Like how badly broken is it? And if you're 20 years old, what are your prospects? Yes, Why wouldn't yes, you yes. want to riot and watch the fucking world burn? Yes, yes. We've got nothing for you, kid. you got a degree? Every fucker's got a degree. There's like go, yeah, you'll be a, 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 a you'll have a history degree whilst you're delivering Uber Eats to me. Yeah, <laughs> to, some, yeah. to some guy who already took a piece of the pie. <laughs> no, for real. And uh, I think I, I briefly hinted at this a few streams ago or whatever. But I come with the same understanding of like, bro, there's nothing there for you. Yeah. You know, like what I have right now is the most I've ever had, and. I mean, you can compare all day, but I'm still looking at at this stage or at their stage, you're going to have to find some way, some ladder to power, right. somewhere with some economical power, symbolic power, social power. Yeah. And now everyone's an influencer. 
yeah. everyone's delivering food yeah. uh you're everyone's in debt everyone can do everything robots are taking over your abilities as well yeah i mean you're gonna figure out some fucking way to manipulate your social standings to elevate yourself some way and it might be reckless and it will be because you have nothing going for you <laughs> See, pierre pierre has become a good nietzschean adlerian and realizes the will the will to power i hadn't i hadn't thought of that but yeah there is a uh, it's a natural instinct, isn't it? Where's their power supposed to come from? It's like, it, this partly came because I was talking to Girl Next Door and we were talking about marriage and there's a swing through the manosphere and, and the red pill community. There's this tr tr tradcons, traditional conservatives. And I've always been like, you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. We're never going backwards. You can't do that. But there's a real craving among some people for order and to yes, go back. That's order, and, and that's I, I think that describes the like the meteoric rise of Jordan Peterson. Is it's like yep. he offers people who've been fed a diet of boundarylessness order, and that's so great. whether you like him or not, you've got to appreciate, you've got to respect the fact that like that's cool now. Like people, there is a good proportion of young people who really want that, and so just to finish this this economic point, I started thinking about marriage and kids. You know, if you're so you're looking at turning 30 and you find a girl in Prague that you decide you want to get married and have kids, do you know what it would cost you to buy a house in Prague? <laughs> Not a, yeah, I mean, I don't right? know, but I can see where this is going. Right. So, so what's my sales pitch? This isn't this isn't 1955. You can't be like, oh, you know, uh, uh, three years of your salary is going to buy you the totality of a fucking house with a garden, by the way, where you could comfortably have a family and kids and a dog. This isn't some like heteronormative rant. I'm not like what what I'm saying is when people don't want to do a thing, we can we can blame them and be like, why don't you want to do a thing? You bunch of lazy, self-indulgent bastards. Or we can look at the environment and go, maybe it's not very rewarding to do that anymore. Where Bro, once it was. Bro, this is the shit that I've been complaining about for the last two months. It's the, and because here's the thing, if you do put in labor, if you do choose the route of not just sitting on your fucking ass consuming like most of us do because we're trained to do that. I mean, Gen Z growing up on iPhones and shit. Yeah. Of course, we're not going to put work and discipline to learn some shit. Yeah. It's given to them through the algorithm. They just swipe up and it works, you know? Yeah. Like, why fucking learn a skill if you, that's how you navigate life? Yeah. So when you do put in labor in the world that we live in now, it's in quicksand, right? The, you are playing, you're gambling your labor. When you, yeah. when you make internet content on YouTube, yeah. on social media, TikTok, you were just giving an offering to a God and just yeah. maybe something will rain down. And sometimes it does for some people. Some yeah. people only have to pray twice. Some people have to pray, do the whole garb and just not, yeah. not, not flipping celibacy, go yeah. vegan diets and they won't get any offerings. Some people just literally just bink and then pfft. so that's also part of the demoralization. It's one thing when no one receives a, a reward at all. And it's another thing to see some of your neighbors not put any effort and getting rewarded, you know?
and even it's so tough and I, I i you know i don't think i've ever said this out loud before another area where i've had to eat humble pie is i've been telling people how to get onto youtube and i've been telling them you do this you do this and you do that and i joined when i was in 2005 this channel i've got now was 2012 i went through all my videos and checked them the first one is the 5th of april 2012 and it's horrible it's permanently on private it's horrible you can't you, um, there's no space there sorry like there, there's no room at the end it's done yeah. it's not done but it's so much harder now i just well, used to flip on a camera and talk and then people right. would come and listen to me yeah you you <laughs> had you had what is it called the the first buyer's advantage like what is it the fucking there's this term for that i forgot what yeah there is there is a term for that anybody in the I, comments yeah i can't remember what it is but yeah the, the, the first people who show up so when but also the landscape is fluid yeah it's it will always change so if i needed to give you advice in 2015 to make youtube content yeah maybe do some prank videos yeah i wouldn't recommend prank videos now right now <laughs> you <laughs> make a current event political youtube yeah. channel if you yeah. really want to make it anywhere at this moment yeah, yeah, yeah it's it's so fluid and contextual that when you think about labor and reward <clears throat> i'm almost at the point where just like bro just get a job like get a, get a job for a while and, and yeah. see what happens because even though i'm finally at a point of what i can call success which is just paying for my fucking flat right i'm still in quicksand it's still yeah. uh an un secured bridge yeah it'll yeah. work for a bit of time and it's made of yeah. rope and some logs but the whole landscape is fluid and yeah. you can you can do as much as you want the algorithm is god and yeah. the god your boss is a fucking jug of water dude you know like, like yeah yeah no you don't even it, know what your boss wants no it's 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 um, i mean which we've both which we've both experienced is like this mercurial and everybody who's a YouTube creator has experienced it. It's like, what what does the God want now? It seems to, it used to change every six months. Now it seems to change every month. And then it was every day. And you're like, I don't know what you want from me. Tell me what yeah. you want from me. Yeah. And yeah, to, to bring up, I guess, to, to fucking praise Peterson a bit more, I would actually go with his advice of go to trade school and learn an actual skill like fucking mechanics or plumbing or just programming or something, you know? But but how sad is it that you specifically have to choose something that can't be done by robots or mass produced? Yeah. When you said quicksand before, I was thinking uh, <clears throat> what I used to say to young people is like become a craftsman in, in something. I mean, and it could be literal. You could be a craftswoman who makes beautiful furniture. And then as you were talking just then, I was like, but even if you make the most amazing tables in the world, you're still a sideshow to Ikea and Amazon. You, you can't get the, you're not, you're not cornering like, you know, 5% of the market from Sarah's groovy tables. <laughs> it's just not fucking happening. You're, you're an eccentricity. You're a sideshow. Even if you're amazing now, even if you're fucking off the charts, the the world doesn't doesn't care. It just wants cheap, easy to put together stuff by and large. So you'll never corner that part of the market the way that you might have done at one at, at one time. Right. It's, it, which is 
I'm not trying to be a downer. Neither of us is trying to be a downer. But we do need to have realistic conversations about what this market is. And right. when we're talking about these kids and being like, why are they so woke? Why are they so fucking crazy? This, that, and the other thing. Well, it the the reason why woke wasn't such a big deal when I was at university is because we all knew we were getting out and getting jobs. We all like I got multiple graduate fast track schemes. I think I got into four in the first two years of graduating. Tell me in the comments, young graduates who've come out, how many graduate the graduate jobs have gone? They don't even do fast track for most things anymore. It's changed. We gotta be honest and say the fucking yeah, landscape yeah. has changed. I the first thing that comes to my mind is that fucking Tyler Durden quote, but even even bigger. You know, mm -hmm. it's like we're all we've all been told that we're made to be rock stars and now we're figuring that out and we're really, really fucking pissed. Yeah. You know, and yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm on the, the barrier of Gen Z and, and millennial. And I can definitely say, like, I was raised to tell to be told that I can be a fucking rock star. And I tried my best to make as much of that happen, which I yeah. did. OK, you know, yeah. but like imagine how many kids and, and youth in mass have been told the same message and yeah. are still told now, which can actually be kind of done because you have all of these platforms like TikTok and stuff to give them that little glimmer of fame. Yeah, you know, so yeah. it, it's kind of prolonged. It's like edging, and and it's getting to a point where it's just like is they're it being edged. An entire generation is getting edged. Yeah, yeah, and just giving them the the illusion, the simulation yeah. of what they've been told that they'll experience one day, which is fame and and riches and and money and stuff. So, and when they start really waking up to these things, which they are now, they get really fucking resentful and furious because they're going to have to start paying bills. And that's what I have noticed when I start seeing the biggest resentment in younger generations and Gen Z, when they realize that the fucking 300,000 views on TikTok is not going to actually pay their water bill. That's when things get real. And that's when they start pointing at this oppressive blah, 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 blah. This is the problem. This is blah, blah, blah. Because it's like, where else do they fucking point? And you got a ton of people as well. When they hit that point, they just start brassing themselves off. Um, brassing is. Do, do, do you know what? Do you know what brassing is? It's this. It's this awful English expression for uh, prostitution. Yeah, prostitution. Imagine. Prostitution. Okay. So only who's winning right now? OnlyFans. OnlyFans is doing great. Some people are making money on OnlyFans, but the real winner there is the platform itself, yep. and it's harvesting people's dreams of easy money why why are people so desperate because their appetite for things has been stretched their appetite for wealth and success and luxury has been stretched has been gaped wide open and their capacity to actually make that money has been completely shrunk i mean they're really like legit if you want to be legit and 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 get a job and work in a bank or i mean the, all the banks are closing everything's online you want to work in a supermarket? They've already handed it over to fucking robot cashiers. What do you? What are they supposed to like? What do you, I, I? I've no idea what it's like being twenty-one today. I've no idea what it's like being Dude. twenty-one in twenty twenty-one. Brit, remember how annoying I was being about forty thousand dollars a month? I couldn't shut mm. up about that for like three weeks. Seeing other influencers get paid forty thousand dollars a month, I'm here reaching thirty, and I've done at least. 30 times more work than some of these people yeah. and my biggest accomplishment as of this month is getting on a check reality show yeah. which only paid 
an undisclosed amount, but let's just say I could probably afford maybe four dinners, yeah. <laughs> three yeah. dinners with the money I got from that. So in my eyes, it's like, wow, if I made it to a realistic top in my life and I still only got enough to pay for three dinners or, or two, depending on if I have a fucking medium rare steak, yeah. then there's something that won't work. <laughs> <laughs> this is not going to function well. <laughs> yes. And then, and then I told you when I ask you yeah. for business advice about these companies yeah. that want to sponsor, they yeah. never give me the rates. They just think that I'm going to fucking do it for free. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's standard. Like uh, we're, we're a startup company. We really like you. We really like what you're doing. Here's some exposure for you. Will my landlord take exposure as, as a rental payment? I wonder. Yes. It's uh, a yeah, yeah. It's 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 a, it's a savage landscape, and that I think when we look at like um, the woke phenomena, the fact that people don't want to have kids, the fact that people don't want to get married, you just kind of think, well, what? <sighs> yeah, okay, blame them. Fine, question them. Yes, make them take responsibility. But what's the sales pitch? This isn't. This, you know, whatever world the boomers grew up in, this isn't that world anymore. The whatever world Gen Z, uh, what am I? Gen X grew up in, changed. It fucking changed. It's, it's a lot of that has, has gone. And we, you know, you've got to be fair. That's what I'm saying. We've got to be even handed. Yeah. Sorry about the sirens here. But, okay. uh, the, what I see now on TikTok, and it's it's interesting, yet it's even a bit demoralizing and also encouraging at the same time because everything is everything now. It's, you know, it's not just one fucking thing. When I see the amount of talented people make stuff on TikTok because it actually feeds new artists and things, a part of me is like, that's fucking great that a lot of these talented people finally have an ability to get discovered. It's fucking great that a lot of these people have found a way to market themselves and actually get some sponsorships and, and make a living off whatever craft that they're doing. And it's given a lot of crazy amount of opportunities to a lot of people. But when everyone is doing it too, mm -hmm. I mean, talk about saturation. Yeah. Everyone's a musician. Yeah. Everyone's an entertainer. Yeah. Everyone's a comedian. Everyone's a mental health ex expert everyone's of everything where's the value now and it's all yeah. free well and and that unfortunately um you i'm usually not touched by most of these things but now i'm feeling it in people's attitude and the way they approach me because they have so much free content they got so much free stuff even just the way sometimes people speak to me or when they're sending me emails i'm like Jesus Christ, get some fucking manners. But they're used to being given everything they want for free. And when they contact those YouTubers who, who are so hungry for money, they're used to having all of their parts licked from front to back. Mm -hmm. the, the sponsorship companies or the... The, the uh the actual the actual creators like you you mentioned mental health professionals online oh yeah yeah they're they're, they're being um we see i see this everywhere i see it in dance classes i see it in martial arts classes people are so desperate for money that they don't enforce any boundaries now so you have this customer is always right uh mentality bleeding into everything yes. even if yes. a martial arts class is on 
and customers come in and are fucking around at the back or doing something that is literally dangerous, the instructor doesn't stop them because the the, the customer is always right. It's boundaryless. Yes. If they're a yes. customer, they do and say what they want. They just make demands. People come to me with this attitude and I'm like, I think if you're in front of me, I would probably slap you in the mouth. Right. <laughs> right. Your attitude so, stinks, but why does it stink? Is it their fault? I, or? I, yeah. I actually wanted to make a video on this and I think a lot of these these new the new attitude in general is yeah. a result of extreme late stage consumer capitalism. Everyone's been given everything all the time and their demands are always met no yeah. matter what the situation is. Yeah. The customer is always right. So yeah. I don't have money give it. <laughs> and also why is it taking you so long yeah. to give me the thing yes. that's And what did you what have I done? I am here. Yes. 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 We deserve it. You know? <laughs> and and it's like a very western, like late stage western attitude, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That, that you never ever in a million years would hear that shit before, man. You know, it's like well, I, I because agree that because they survive, but well, the, yeah. the the environment, the culture, the 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 mass, the collective, the tolerance moves, and this has been. I think I mentioned it to you. It's been on my mind for for about eighteen months. Which is like, are we in the middle of a pandemic of narcissism, or are we in the middle of a pandemic of codependency? How should we think about this? Because if everybody says like narcissists are in the minority, there might be five out of every hundred. That means 95 people are going along with what they say. If those 95 people didn't, then the narcissist would just be a narcissist with no power. They wouldn't be able to do any damage in the world. So obviously it's both. Obviously it's pandemic of both, but which is the most important pandemic? Yes. The fact that the environment, the like I mentioned instructional scenarios like dance and martial arts and whatever else, the fact that the environment is permitting this it, it's it's like um, that which will be permitted will be. Nobody has to instruct you to be an asshole. If you're told not, if you're not told not to be an asshole, the average human will be. The mass of people will act like assholes if they're not told to stop. And that's that seems to be what's happening. Yes, exactly. It's it's a relentless yes to everything. What happened? chest day and i flexed my titty and my titty went you don't flex me i'm Jesus in a lot of pain <laughs> you worried me my lord that's it's not a heart attack it was just my okay. pack just went <laughs> oh just you know typical richard problems too many muscles all right my muscles they basically fight each other now it's pretty boring but it's part of my life yes my titty <laughs> oh my god <laughs> I scared so, myself then because the whole muscle just went. Nah. Yeah, bro. I was Sorry. like, I thought your chest was gonna pop out. Anyway, so, <laughs> so, you have a few. What do you say? You have a few bases loaded for like the worst possible, not the worst possible outcome. Let's just say you have a few bases loaded for something that results, and one of them is telling an entire generation that they can be successful entrepreneurs that live your dream doing exactly what you want even if it's knitting branch sweaters you can put sweaters on trees and you can make a whole living doing that very thing and so mm -hmm. you you tell in mass 
that mm-hmm. everyone's a fucking rock star if they want to be. And you can you can get money and get paid for doing that very specific niche thing that no one gives a fuck about. But somehow you will make it work and you will get paid for that. So you spend years of your fucking life like making it work. You're indulging these motivational videos that I do that I've watched in the past as well. Consistently telling yourself that it will and it will work for a good amount of people. Maybe some, maybe a little portion of people. Yeah. But then what happens when it becomes the mainstream narrative for the mass to do that very same thing? Where right, is the right. value in that product that you're even giving? Where's the practicality? And where are the customers and the clients to do this very thing? Yeah, that's that's a really interesting question. And I, I think I think we've seen that in multiple dimensions, this move from things that were niche for the special, for the few, or for just for a niche. They've become more and more like radical leftism. There was radical leftism at university. I was a radical leftist with purple hair and pierced eyebrow, and you know, doing their whole feminism no thing. Yeah, man. I've got. A, I was. I was asked the other day to dig a photo out. I think my mum has a photo of me with purple hair and uh, and piercings oh, please, in my face. Bro, we would have been. We would have looked like we're friends, man. Like fucking awesome. We I would. We would have looked like uh, the the. The the, uh, the the band definitely for, for sure for sure the crazy thing is I was such a nutter I still boxed with with ear piercings in I just, it I'm sorry ear piercings eyebrow an eyebrow bar and I used to box and then people would hit it and it would bleed and they'd be like do you want to stop but I go no it's alright it, it was the, it was the 90s right yeah oh of course that makes sense <laughs> yeah we just we just play nine inch nails louder yeah. and pour. My, my flatmates would pour vodka into it and be like, that'll be all right, won't it? Yeah. <laughs> Just like the most like volatile era of contemporary history, man. Just Ooh, foolish. Foolish yeah, kids. Fucking reckless, bro. Like, that, <laughs> that's what I appreciate about the 90s and Gen X, man. You guys, you guys are fucking wild, man. Yeah, yeah just so. we just slam the prodigy on on full blast and then knock the fuck out of each other and then go back to university. Um, but, but that's, you know, and I think it was it was it's not that it had more validity it's that to me um as an observer of culture that makes sense like you're at university you're 20 years old you 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 might want it or like a certain number of the students should be interested in social justice they should they have the time they have the empathy they have uh, a sense of a world that they've not explored yet so on and so forth so yeah that makes sense to me the idea that coca-cola should take it on or your bank should take it on is, is another thing so it, it relates to that sort of like here's something that's niche maybe radical leftism maybe entrepreneurialism maybe like being a stand-up comic or an entertainer and then it becomes the mainstream just to finish this point for years from 2012 to 2017 people would say to me how do i set up a youtube channel and most people's major problem was they were embarrassed to public speaking then the next generation come up there was zero fucking embarrassment to do public speaking because they've been yeah. doing it since they were 10. Yes, exactly. So, yeah, and then at that level, it becomes a problem of saturation when you and all of your friends are influencers. Like, so yes. why the fuck, like, where is the value of influencing? Like, I showed up on a fucking Czech influencer reality show. Yeah. And to be honest, there's a language barrier, but I asked them what they influence and they couldn't come up with an answer either. So the barrier... The barrier to entry is zero. Is yeah. so that means anybody can, which in your egalitarian utopia is a dream. But like 
in this practical world, it if everyone has a million dollars, no one has a million dollars, man. <laughs> yeah, if it if it's the if it's the baseline standard. I mean, uh, well, I was going to say with that particular example, that would be great if everybody had a million dollars. And then, but in my head, I was like, because they would buy houses and medical care and fix their kids' teeth. And then I went, no, you idiot. Loads of people would just fucking smoke crack and buy bigger guns. <laughs> yep. People, people, and then my brain kicked in. I went utopian. And then my brain kicked in and go, yeah, people can do bad stuff with money just as they can do good stuff with money. <laughs> and there's no evidence that suggests if you've never had money and somebody dumps it on your lap, you suddenly become really wise and patient and right. calm as far as money goes. No, you'll probably spunk it up the wall. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's like you got to have some people without it to have the value of the, the money. You right. know, <laughs> if everyone had everything, then there would be no value in anything, man, you know? And I think that's what that's what Klaus Schwab wants for our future, no? Oh yeah, there you go. They, they get to own everything, I guess, for us. And you know, and that's that, I've been really reflecting on the position of social media persona, like influencing. Like, what the fuck you even call it now? You know, it's you, you, you know what it's called? Baseline normal, right? It's like it's called a person. Yeah, it's a person now where the baseline standard of existing as a person means that you are probably performing somewhere digitally. Right. That's the new person. The new person is inherently born in the public. Yes. Yes. So you yeah. have to consciously pull out. You can't, your baseline standard is you're in the public. You have yes. to be aware of you like leaving it. And it has to be, it has to be agency in your leaving. Yeah, I can't. I can't. Um, I can't quite put together what what the consequences of of that would be. I can't run the simulation that far ahead. But what my brain is telling me is we are already seeing some of the consequences of that. Like, I think there's there probably what will happen. We started out talking about mental health. There will be new mental health diagnoses that come out from from this generation because the set of problems that they have are quite unique. So if we if they go in to like a CBT therapist or a psychotherapist and they say these are my symptoms, the 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 forty three year old my age psychotherapist will be like, oh yeah, that's that's a general anxiety disorder and depression, but it might not be. It might be something that is actually very unique and very special, right? Um, to to a lifestyle that I can't ever access. I'll never know what it will be like. No therapist my yes. age is ever going to know what it's like to no, grow up with a device in your hand. Even even me in it, I don't know what it's like. Right. You know what I mean? Like, even <laughs> if you're in it, how do, you can't even explain what the circumstances are. There's yeah. this comedian named Bo Burnham. I don't know if you know him. Do you know him? I do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so he was the OG, OG YouTuber. So he's like mm -hmm. the shamanic elder of the digital world yeah. one of the first people to make it viral the first influence like you know like but really really intelligent guy like really philosophical smart dude and in an interview of his i'll send you a link he he talks about this very thing he's like it's along the lines lines of like what you've been hinting at too he, he says that you know a lot of the things that these 
mental health experts and doctors and psychiatrists complain about is like, oh, you're on the phone eight hours a day. It's just a headache and, you know, your hormones go crazy. But like we have to consider what it means to be born into the public constantly performing as a child and then simulating all of these perceptions while you're, you know, he, he goes pretty deep into this topic. I, I can't remember exactly what he said. Good, good, good stand-up comics are very rarely stupid people. You need to be yeah. quite IQ to be, to be a good stand-up. Yeah. And he is, he is a good stand-up. Yeah, he just came out with a new thing on Netflix. And uh, it's, pretty, it's pretty good. He touches a lot of digital, digital problems, you know. And uh, yeah, uh, like, it's the reason why I can't even open my mouth right now is because I don't even know where to begin to describe the circumstances of growing up with a majority of your life with a screen and what that does to your perception of your, yourself, of other yeah. people, your interactions, how you view the world, man. Like, I mean, we're going to figure it out in a few years for sure, or at least somewhere to start. Yeah. I, I, well, one of the things that, that occurs to me, um, obviously I'm, I'm in Ibiza. There's not that many Brits here, but like there is, there's young people from like Germany and, and, um, Holland and, and, and there's Italians here. And I see the way that they're using mobile phones in this environment. And I'm like, I'm really wondering how this is affecting people's um, sexuality and their, se their sexual self-perception added to it the, the whole of the woke thing and the problems, the, the way in which certain types of sexuality have become problematized, pro like, well, it's problematic. Um, even just being cisgendered or heterosexual can be considered problematic and the way that they're relating to each other or the way that they're not relating to each other i'm a bit like this i don't i'm not just going to say it's bad because how could i possibly know but i do uh, I, I i'm 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 a bit i'm i'm a bit like ah that doesn't look like that's going to be too good in the end like you're you're surrounded by boys and girls who are your age you're single evidently from your behavior and you're spending your time looking for single boys, for example, as a girl sat there, on your phone, and there's a table of guys there. Like, they're literally there. But you don't, you'd rather look on, like, would you prefer they came through the phone? Like, I don't know. No, don't, no, what's good? No, you gotta love. It's, it's uh, Gen, Z allegor Gen Z allegories, right. Gen Z paradoxes. This is, this is, this is a good one. This is a good right. one. You find your partner or a potential date through swiping. You yeah. swipe through hundred of them. You're really picky and they all message you. You decide to deny 99% of them. You yeah. maybe text one of them yeah. and you maybe meet up with them. Yeah. And then you play a game. Maybe you won't meet up. And then if yeah. you do meet up with them, you're with them. Yeah. And then you go on your phone while they're there with you and you swipe for someone new and you chat to people that were just swiping right on you while right. they're there next to you. <laughs> so, okay. So, so let, let, let me, let's run that simulation because you have a better understanding of this than I do. And you're 21. Um, doesn't matter whether you're a boy or a girl or what, or what your sexuality is. Is there, is it, that you're conditioned to enjoy it more do you now enjoy the pursuit more than the fulfillment of the pursuit yes 
do you feel safer doing it on your phone than in real life? Yes. Does it only count if it's on the phone? Does it not count if it's real life only? It still counts if it's real life, but okay. it rarely happens. Do you know that it's rarely happening because you haven't got your fucking nose out of the screen for the last six hours? You are more absorbed into the screen than what's happening around you. See, see, see if that simulation that we just ran is, is like represents truth and i suspect it does i need i say more i mean that's 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 nef definitely not going to have positive outcomes <laughs> just, because just, because in order to have sex with another human you have to be like you have to put your phone down mainly like yeah. I, I usually do <laughs> i just i just thought of something i think i think this is a new thought i hope this is original right. okay so when you swipe yeah and you see pretty people, yeah. You get dopamine hits, obviously, right? And you're shopping. Right. Yeah. You're you're just shopping for people. Like what the fuck, you know? Yeah. So when you meet up with them, if you do, yeah. This is this is pre-flip, so you, you yeah. have to talk to each other if you want to. Yeah. There is no tangible dopamine trigger. Right. When you talk to when you talk to somebody, Ooh. there's no there's no. You have to engage in an abstract, fluid, long-term manner yeah. that provides some sort of dopamine release. And yeah. that's why people are on their phones when they have dinner with each other. Yeah, that's, that's why they're so fucking boring to talk to sometimes. Sometimes, said Pierre, trying to be kind. I'm trying Come to on. be nice, dude. I'm trying Come to be nice. <laughs> this is a technical question podcast. We're going to be having nice. You're ruining people. my potential dates, Richard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you're sorry, yeah, you could actually get dates through the podcast. I, uh, <laughs> Rich, Richie's definitely not. Um, no, they're boring. Yes, of course they're boring. Of course they're boring. They have nothing to say. I mean, they're not really present. They're not really there to begin with. And so, they're, you know, it's it's it's. It's strange. Um, I don't really know how to verbalize it, but what I sense is what you're talking about. The, the serotonin is in the virtual, and the virtual is there in my hand. Plus, also, like I'm looking at, say, I'm a girl and I like uh, boys. I'm looking at Photoshop boys, and those boys at the table next to me, like you just said, I might be a little bit socially anxious because I use the phone too much. I might have weird body image issues because I use the phone too much. Um, and those boys aren't as attractive as the ones on my phone. And I'm going to have to say something and then they'll say something back and it's going to be awkward and I'm socially awkward because I don't practice and they're socially awkward because they don't practice. Oh, I'll just stay on my phone. Right, right, right. And there's no charisma, personality development in the cycle. And then that means you lose the ability to even appreciate somebody that might have personality because it doesn't provide the same dopamine release as you swiping. That's, um, I mean, yeah, that's, that. I remember, I remember Sam Wagner doing a video about this a few months ago and I was like, damn, that sounds bleak. And now, now I've just well, talked, well, we've just talked our way around to pretty much the same conclusion. Yeah, like, think about this, think about this. Before, 
you didn't have the, the, the swiping and iPhone dopamine releases. So when you conversed with people, you had to figure out how to give the other person dopamine releases and how to receive it. Like you yes. have to learn to be funny. You have to learn to charm. And, and we, we called it flirting, Pierre. <laughs> <laughs> Giving and receiving dopamine releases. <laughs> What is this word? I don't understand this word. Please pronounce it slowly. Yeah, we used to, we used to talk and play pool. It's uh, changing dopamine releases. <laughs> These two humanoids are exchanging dopamine releases hey. right now. See how they provoke each Ah, yes, there he is. There's his true self. <laughs> I put my true flesh suit on my arm, but but that's I mean like the fact that I even have to describe the fucking thing like that, man. Yeah, you know it's yeah. it's pretty weird. Well, it's it, and it all sounds rather creepily transhuman. It all sounds rather like like a step towards artificial intelligence, and um, it's it's funny for me because because like twenty three, I'm forty three. Twenty three wasn't that long ago. My memory is pretty good. I didn't drink those memories away or snort them away or box them away. I remember being, I wasn't in Ibiza when I was 23, I was in Greece. I remember girls being there and flirting with them and chatting to people and nobody had a phone. Maybe maybe like you would have a Nokia, or maybe your yeah. mom would send you an SMS on it, but nobody was like on the phone. There was nothing yeah. there, there was nothing to look at. Yeah. And I just, I just, think, I just think, what did we used to do? Were, were we all sat there going, fucking hell, I wish I had a phone. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a pro and con. Number one, makes you an interesting person who can flirt or something. Right. I don't know the word for it, but uh, it makes you interesting, develops personality, character. But it also, on the other hand, can make you do some really stupid shit. Then that's kind of like the 90s, you know, people were like doing a lot of drugs, getting fucking violent, you know, blah, 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 blah. There was no satiation from swiping up. So by having to produce your own dopamine, it can come out in, you know, more violent, negative ways as well. So there's there's two ends to it. You know, you can learn to develop it in a positive way or negative. But in the end, I guess what I'm pointing at is that you had to figure out a way to release your own dopamine without some swipe up or down to do it for you yeah yeah no you're right and we uh, yeah i don't know like we would just do stuff <laughs> yeah, you just do things like dude the, i think the reason why i really really enjoy these streams now even though i'm on a unicycle and i'm live streaming everything the yeah. sensation i i'm getting when i'm roaming around is the same feeling i had in 2001 you know, 2000, 2002, when I was young enough to just run around the fucking playground and just wait till the sun sets and mom calls and you have to go inside, you know, that type of thing. Yeah. And and uh, we've we've really lost that over the years, man. Um, we definitely we definitely have. And uh, this this ties in with a question that yesterday's version of me had for you. Uh, I was walking around Ibiza town yesterday. I've got an apartment, by the way. So finally, that's done. I got the keys today. I moved in there. Moving there tomorrow, and um, I was looking at like work, like, like just people, I guess, who live in Ibiza. They're not doing too well because the tourists aren't here, 
and uh, largely speaking working class people and the mum and the dad are taking their, their daughter to like a dance class and then over on the right her father is taking his son to a football area to play football and uh, I had this horrible sort of epiphany where I could fast forward their lives and I was like yeah yeah uh, your mum has lived here her whole life your grandmother's lived here her whole life there's nothing wrong with Ibiza town it's not amazingly charming it's kind of industrial and busy um and then i just thought what's what's your life look like you know you're 10 and you're being brought to do dance classes so that then you go back to school you're probably never going to be a dancer you'll never be a dance instructor you go to school you won't know why you're in school they'll tell you to go there so that you end up where working in a bar in barcelona is that as far as it gets? I look at, isn't that awful? And I look at the kid, and maybe he's like a little older, 14 or 15, off to play football. And I'm like, you've got this fancy, you love playing football, which is great, but you're never going to be a footballer. And so on. And then, I know it's, it's awful. I had this Jesus. terrible, it was brutal. I had this terrible nihilistic moment. And I, I, I looked up, and I saw a BMW car there, and I saw um, some other, like, brand of, of electronic goods and then where I park my car people who know Ibiza will know this place it just says coca-cola across the top and I looked around and I was like shit this is a fucking prison camp we <laughs> fucked up we fuck we think this is bad what we're going through now we fucked up years ago we're slaves I was like none of us gets out of this none of us gets out of it this is this is and i just had this sense of like it's fucked it's broken it's been broken before i was born it was broken my parents were raised in a broken civilization and passed on their weird broken cultural norms to me which don't work and now i'm living that that brokenness and trying to trying to figure it out and i just thought i just like is this, is this is this it? Is this the best we can do? Does it yeah. feel broken to you? Was was Richard was yesterday Richard's question? It's a little catastrophizing, for sure, sure. for sure. But must have had a bad day. But a lot of things are like we know now are really fucked up. I, right. I I don't know if I would agree with you if last year didn't happen. Last year really like pulled the boogeyman out of the closet man you know and it goes into what's beyond the prison camp mm -hmm. if there is anything there because this is something that i've been juggling with do we just dangle our feet off the tightrope of emotional satiation right. until the next generation gets born and does the same thing right. you know what i mean like I, I don't have, no one really has the answer to that, but I think that's kind of what you're alluding to. You know, you're, you're kind of in this, this cycle, you're a four-year-old, you're, I mean, maybe you will, I mean, okay, you become a football player. Say right. that happens. Yeah. And then, like, uh -huh. that's, that's it. You know, and, and right. unless you really, really just, like, that's all you need to do, then yeah. that's great. Yeah. Don't take that away from anybody, you know, but at that stage, you know, you think about this is what and this is what I've been thinking about was when I was stuck inside for so long, too, you know, and right now I'm enjoying just the natural sensations of just being out. But it, yeah, that thought is still in the back of my head. Like, 
is this is this the essence of life you just you just be in the moment when you can when you have those blips of when it's possible to you know no, no that's that's not good enough it's not good yeah, enough right every time every time i come back here this was um when i was here in 2019 um this was when we first met and we first started talking i was talking to you a lot about like egyptian religion wasn't i i was a bit fixated with egyptian religion yeah. and since i came back this is an old sumerian settlement and i've got that egyptian vibe back and i started to look at the passage um the lament of Hermes, also called the prophecy of Thoth, which is, you know, uh, Thoth prophesizing to Asclepius that one day Egypt will fall and that people will, they'll think, it's like an apocalyptic vision. We saw it in the Hindu Vedas. Uh, we saw it in the, you know, like um, the book of Revelation. But this is really on point. It's like people will consider evil good. Sane men will be considered insane. People will forget the gods. There will be no more religion. People will hate religion even though it's the best thing in the world. And I was like, hmm, religion is the best thing in the world. And then I put it back into that Egyptian, the ancient Egyptian context. And I was like, Egyptian, sorry, religion for them wasn't dominance and submission. There would have been elements of that, of course, I'm not stupid, but it was reverence. It was reverence for what is. And critically, everybody was involved. It wasn't for a small group of weirdos everybody had religion written into their life okay and okay, and, I see. I see. and we yeah. can't i'm not saying we need religion but we do need some right group right. i sense of the transcendent we must that's that's it it's the it's the pull towards transcendence mm. that's what we're missing and that's mm. what religion used to provide to mm. satiate that bigger answer yeah. right now with the coca-cola billboards being a football player being a rock star like being a being hot that is just not inherently enough for a lot of humans some some humans how about that where where if you are that type of person where you can live really fucking sexy and be okay with it if you want to play football the rest of your life and that's okay if your purpose in your life is emotional satiation then that's enough for you and I can't judge you for that unless, you know, you're abusing me and that's where you get your emotional <laughs> satiation. Right. But um, I do think that what religion used to provide was that higher purpose, the, the pull towards the transcendent. And now how do we contextualize that in an age that doesn't have that? It's, it's, it's tough. You mentioned um, the uh, drive to power before. Yeah. All of the things you mentioned satiate a drive to power. I think it was Maslow uh, who identified a drive to transcendence. He didn't do that much with it. But I think the drive to transcendence is once we've got past power, once we've got past pleasure and all right. of that, it's, it, transcendence is, is, the, is the highest thing. We want to transcend this world somehow. We yes. want to go beyond this world somehow. I, I must plug in my phone and I'm not wearing any trousers. And that's a problem? Well, it's the name of the new song I have coming out. I'm going to turn off the video camera and plug in my phone so people don't see my... Leave it on. <laughs> I won't. <laughs> As Richard puts on his pants, um, 
check out the beautiful view out here, my friends. It's like some grotto where only dark elves will hang out in peace and harmony within nature. I am not a nature person. I'm not built for it, man. I got allergies. This shit hurts. I got to take pills to make sure it doesn't happen. So, you know, anti-masking can't do that because the mask really helps when I got my sneeze attacks. Um, it's the closest I'll feel to God during an allergy attack. I feel his brutality. Hello, Richard. Hi. Well, you're definitely talking to the right God there if you're feeling his brutality. <laughs> you're talking to the big man. <laughs> yes, yes. So, are you there? Hello, sir. Yes. Are you there? Can you hear his great spirits? So, so what does transcendence entail? It's just a, a state of being in our in our lowly little heads. I think I think like we need we need to have um, something in our daily normal lives. Everybody has to have it. It can't just be for the few that reminds them that they're going to be dead one day and that that's okay because there's more to this reality than than the material world we're so i sound like an asshole i'm gonna say we, we're so materialistic what does it mean everybody fucking says that what does it mean if we're fixated on that which is gross and physical we get we get sick because it's miserable it's a bad investment everything that is physical dies it's just a shit investment. <laughs> Everything right. just loses its value and dies. It's physical. The only thing that doesn't is, is, is the transcendence. I think that's one of our challenges. So that's why everyone has a, an altar of Buddha in their house, a cross, uh, whatever religious symbol that you worship to and just hanging above your door something to remind you of that so it looks like we've just went full circle man <laughs> well i i don't know i don't know if it, i don't know if we could do it naively i really don't know if it's if it's even going to be possible for us to try to do it yeah. in some naive sense ever again um it it can't be faith-based um, like we'll We'll never give up faith again. We'll, we'll never take on faith again in that sense. When Nietzsche said God is dead, he wasn't like God is sleeping. I think he meant God is really fucking dead now. <laughs> We've really killed him. We've really, really killed him. Um, and it would need it would need to be. I don't know. I don't even. I don't even know how you would convince people of its merit now. I don't. I do, that's one thing I. I do not know how you would do it. But there needs to be a regular change of, of focus where, where you look at different elements of your life and you go, okay, there's, there's this stuff that we focus on on the daily. That's fine. That has value. But we've also got to have this conversation. What's the nature of reality? Are we aware that we're all dying? Day by right. day. Yes. I, I agree, man. You, you, I mean, you, you pretty much said anything that I could say, dude. It's it, We need a less naive view of the world that reaches towards the transcendent and if we don't have that then we're screwed and we're living through screwedness right now if we had religion right now if we had something that that was transcendent we would unify and we would uh 
we would we would spot this hellscape that we're slowly sinking into. But because we don't have the transcendent, we're frightened. We're we're, we're cowardly because we're stuck on material world. Well, they could switch off your internet. They could switch off your money. They could take away your freedom. We we're incapable of religious zealotry, and it's a real shame. We should be capable of religious zealotry because we would be empowered by it. I mean, we could just buy a bunch of crystals, man, and then we're fine, bro. It's 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 technically it's essentially the same thing. Speaking of death, I cannot get my phone to charge, no matter what plug I put in or where in the room I go. I'm sure my I'll be dead soon, uh, uh, electronically. Well, we're reaching two hours, so perhaps it is a good time to say goodbye. Everything that was good must end eventually, my darlings. Say goodbye. Are you doing a Pierre extra now? Dude, look at that sunset, bro. No, I, I was. I had a, a day. I went to the physio and I got a new tattoo, and I streamed, and I almost got in a fight again, and then, and then now we're here. Naughty man, how could you? In the in the last since that last tentacle croissant, I've been bitten by a dog, and I also almost got in a fight. So I am looking to use my nunchucks in the next bystander I see slaughter. Him and his puppy. That's how we're going to conclude today. <laughs> that, that'll get you famous for all of the wrong reasons. American influencer slaughters check man and puppy. Do it for the views, baby. Do it for the yeah. views. Um, world, world star. So, should I voice this out? Yes, I'm going to eat this Pokeball. I'm starving, my friend. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you all so very much for your time and for your attention. We hope that you found that useful. And um, we look forward to speaking to you again very soon. And if you guys want to see the footage of me almost getting in a fight, look at my last stream. Just I'm just, I'm just saying that, okay, guys? Love y'all. <laughs>